You look marvelous. You look so marvelous. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I have been attempting to dub Matt Ryan the Matural since the Rich Eisen podcast. <laughs> Rich, you gotta move on. You gotta move on. I'm not giving up. <laughs> Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Coming up, host of Peacock's Pro Football the Rich Talk, Eisen Show. Mike Florio. Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy, plus actor Josh Dumel. And now, you look marvelous. You look so marvelous. It's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. I love the uh, Fernando Lamas drop in our radio and television show open today from Billy Crystal's. Uh, I guess that just is a, uh, a callback to Billy Crystal's phenomenal appearance on this that show was, yesterday that was fun man you know we didn't talk at all about his movies we could have talked i was ready to go oh, you know I, I was ready to go with him about um princess bride tell me a great mm-hmm. andre the giant story from princess bride you know uh city slickers oh. you know I was ready to go with City Slickers. Great movie. Running Scared. Running Scared with Hines yeah. is, is... With Gregory Hines. Easily. You don't know that one, do you? I haven't oh. seen Billy Crystal, when there were all these oh. cop, you know, 48 Hours and all these these buddy-buddy, funny, funny, you know, semi-serious cop still, movies, yeah. okay, going on. Billy Crystal did a cop movie where they're with Gregory Hines that Chicago was Police called Department. Running Scared, and it was terrific. Stephen Bauer. Yep. Amazing. He played the bad guy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, He was another cop. 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 Oh, was he? I don't remember. Joey Pants. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. It's a good movie. Running Scared is an underrated Billy Crystal movie that doesn't get a lot of run at all. Jimmy Smith. And then, of course, he played a mime in uh, This Is Spinal Tap. He said a quick appearance in This Is Spinal Tap. And I'm I'm just wondering if if that's how he kind of met Rob Reiner, who then turned to him years later for When Harry Met Sally, one of the best one of yeah, the movies ever. Ever. Right? Yeah, when the interview we was over. I mean, none of that. We didn't talk about any of that. When the interview was over, I said to you, man, I could have listened to you guys for a full hour. Right. Just like listen to YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen show for that. Uh, Josh Dumel is in the celebrity spot today, uh, middle of hour number three. We'll set that up at the end of this hour. We found some interesting photographs that might be relevant to us here in studio in a particular way. Can't wait to s- talk about that. Drop those breadcrumbs on the show and the guys in studio have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, Don't you like that guys that I've got not, something cooked up that for makes us me as nervous. A group? Why does that make you nervous? I don't know because I, I actually should feel the most actually nervous. that usually puts Mike on the hot yeah. seat. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally sitting though. Yes. But like, what's, what do we but, got going on? Like, but what do you got? Mike, I will just say this as a hint. Oh, hint. I like you this week. However, we're not the subject of a nationally televised double over. Oh, see, here we go. Okay. Here we go. So. <laughs> nationally televised, so though. So there's that. A nationally televised double over. I'm double so over. Is that a new? Is that a new? Oh, well, you know what? The avatar of the double uh, over. Yeah. <laughs> they know me in the flyover states. That's all that means. Double you know, over. TJ Jefferson, double over would be a great. Double. So I have a reason to be friend, nervous? You think, your friend, you think your friend Ashton would like that? Because I know he's a fantasy football mm-hmm. Double guy. over. The double Call over. his team the, the double overs this year and the avatar of you man, just. How'd you go over? Come on, man. No, no, no. Save it. <sighs> 
Uh oh. I don't Come on. It. We're taking one last whack at that pinata <laughs> before we head to the <laughs> before we head to the weekend. <laughs> there we go. Over this segment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> would like to do. <laughs> Fantastic. Like I said yesterday, you could put anything in those. But boxes. that's your 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 friend took a that screen grab, yeah, right? Yeah, he sent it to oh, me during the show. He right. goes, "This might be the my the favorite picture just I've the ever." The fact taken. that you locked eyes with the camera just as you went over, you know, no, no, you no, you you right now. What you're doing no. right now is the most interesting man in the world. The look no, you, you have right like, there is you're, you're like, like, I can't believe that this is the way it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe this is the way it ends. <laughs> From Jackson to Shimon. It's over. By the way, oh. how it started, how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, boy. We can keep mining his prices right appearance. You said one more day. I don't think it's going to be over today for some reason. No, no, no. no, It's not. I mean, just, you know, it might come up on occasion. This is probably the last time. It's an every day of the week occurrence on the Rich Eisen. Monaco to Elsa Gunn. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I went hardly anyway. Who cares? So, you know what? Uh, This is this is uh, a, a big day in in hoops history. It's amazing. Obviously, we all know due to COVID that this regular season is still going on. But you look at the the this day in history, and it's laden with um, playoff moments. And one, you know, that leaps out um, to me is Reggie Miller scoring. I, I I just lost track. What was it? Ten points? Was it eleven points or something stupid? Eight points was or whatever the hell it was? No. I don't know. It was eight points in 19 That's seconds. Right. It was eight seconds. points, 19 seconds. You know, it's like a fish story. It gets bigger and bigger. The deficit. <laughs> yeah, two threes and two free throws. Where'd you score 24 points in a minute? And then and then staring at Spike Lee, you know, like giving him the choke <laughs> yeah. sign. Like, that's just uh, next level trolling Epic. and also ripping your heart out and showing it to your pump in. And that's one of the lowest sports moments for me. You know, really? Oh, come on. You know, the 2001 World Series was 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 heartbreaking. I was physically there. That was that Luis Gonzalez it. one, right? That was the yeah. Luis Gonzalez. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Luis Gonzalez? <laughs> you know, so that but but you know, there was the soft cushion of uh four World Series titles of the Tory era. You know, we were just getting ready to water ski behind our fifth yacht, but it was also the 2001 calendar year and it was a big moment for new york one of the rare moments that the whole country was rooting for new york in a way and that one hurt um mattingly's last game because we all knew we sensed it was going to be mattingly's last game where ken griffey jr comes all the way around to score in the old kingdom for the yankees to lose to the seattle mariners that one made me when i was sitting in redding california i know we're on our the Reading Chico radio affiliate. We say I say hello to all my friends in the North State that I used to broadcast to every night from KRCR TV. My best to Mike Mangus, who's still there. Um, and uh, I, I was sitting in my apartment in Redding, California, and I snapped the TV off and I sat in silence for about 10, 15 minutes. You know, it was at that time of night where du- you know dusk was hitting, and it was just I, I sat in silence. But this Reggie Miller one was pretty damn bad, man. Because he's the, honestly, and, and this is why another reason why Dolan completely sucks <laughs> is, you know, you ask any Nick fan, who do you hate the, like, who do you hate the most? Jordan is number one, you know, even though he's kind of above that, you know, Isaiah Thomas is two. 
or you could even take Jordan out. Let's take Jordan out because he's a you know he's above it. Let's put Larry Bird one, okay? And 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 Reggie Miller would be two, and number three for me because I also was at Michigan during the bad boy era, Isaiah Thomas. Just as Ewing was beginning to ascend, in the same way that the bad boys were standing in the way of Jordan, they were standing in the way of Ewing and the Knicks at the same time too. And I hated them, and Knicks fans hated him too. So let's get Dolan to not only hire him once but twice, but to also support him when he's absolutely ruining the franchise in so many different ways. Tone deaf. <laughs> but I, 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 the Reggie Miller day, this was a low day for me, man. What was that for you? <sighs> was it Aaron Boone? Yeah. You talk about that moment where you sat, snapped out the TV, sat there in the dark for a while. That's exactly what I did in 2003 when Boone hit that when home Boone run. I was watching run. at a friend's house. And it was just him and I watching. As soon as he hits it, my buddy leaves the room. I don't, I don't even see Boone finish rounding the bases. Yeah. TV goes off. Yeah. The room is dark. I sat there for about five to seven minutes, and then I drove home. No radio. Everything was off. It was about a 15-minute drive home through the, through the main back roads and woods to my mom's house and just watch you gut mail. <laughs> it makes him feel better. By the way, probably. <laughs> it's soothing. Now, probably. You know, what was that for you? On a side note, to just let, I was in the Fox room mixing the post game yeah. for that game. Yeah. When that happened, I took my chair. I almost took Fox off the air because we were like live mm-hmm. coming through the control room because right. it's ninth inning. We always did stuff like that. You took it over because you had the post game coming. Yes. Right. I flipped my chair. It bounced twice, and the rack where all the patches are for the audio. Get out of here. It bounced off the patch. So I swear to God. You almost snapped off the TV before snapped, Brockman had an he opportunity. Almost, he would have lost. Oh, my God. When, that, when I saw it going, wow. I jumped. I have goosebumps wow. now. It was funny as hell. Wow. And my A2, we're sitting in the room, yeah. and they're like, oh, my God, you almost <laughs> took us off. Wow. It would have taken the patches. Joe Buck's in the call, and all I mean, of a sudden, the United no States of America, it's like the end it's of the Sopranos. Sopranos. Yeah, it just goes yes, dark. It would have gone dark. <laughs> yeah, it just goes dark, and the whole country's like, what the hell? happened by the way when the sopranos you know Susie and i had all of our friends over yeah. at our house Susie got a whole bunch of like uh chicken parm and here chi- meatballs here you know all, all the spaghetti and meatballs we just got this whole thing invite a whole bunch of people oh, over yeah. to watch it we had all of that wine flowing unbelievable we're all sitting there the sopranos ends and it goes dark and the whole room turns to me, and Susie looks at me like, "Did you not pay the bill?" Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because that's how long it lasted. And yeah, I'm like, "You told hey, me we're that." Current before. with DirecTV, we're current. Like, Yo, don't look at me. And that's David how long Chase it was. wanted that to be 30 seconds of black and silence. Well, that would have been a longer one for me, because then you know Susie was ready to pull out the bill and say, "Are we? Are we in a uh, you know in arrears?" The, the whole start rating going down. It ended up being like five or six, right? But he wanted so, it way longer. So what you know. What was your uh, T.J. Jefferson? Your your sad moment. You must have many of them I, since well, you've got I, ten I, teams I have a lot that you teams, root for. So yes. there's a lot of sad moments. There must be a lot of sad moments. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I got to a point a few years ago, guys, where I, like I got so into games that would bother me so much that I literally had to have a talk with myself, like, bro, you've got to chill out. So I I don't get as upset as I do, but I do recall the January 11th, 2015, the. Packers, Cowboys, Des Bryant caught it. I remember that. And it was, you know, you spoke of him earlier. I was at Ashton's house and I'm his daughter, Wyatt's godfather. I'm holding her. She had just fallen asleep on my shoulder as the play happened. And I couldn't scream. I couldn't yell because I'm holding the baby. But 
I'm shaking. I'm so upset, but I couldn't do anything because I've got this baby on my shoulder asleep yeah. and I just had to internalize it all. And I oh. remember just sitting down in the chair and he just stared at me and he's like, should I get her? I'm like, no, I think I need her right now. And I just, <laughs> I held on to Wyatt and just like, I let all the anger go. I'm like, all right, it doesn't matter. I'm holding the baby. It's fine. But I don't know what would have happened if I wasn't holding the baby. By the way, I, I, I'm just glad that the ground <laughs> didn't cause an incomplete, an incompletion for that also. <laughs> I mean, you it really the ground with the baby and then, you know, and then all of a sudden it just turns yeah, in your arm. Yeah, it, you got to complete, you got to complete the, 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 she the was swaddling. the thing that kept me from like completely <laughs> losing my mind. So it was, I was kind of glad I was holding her. Because otherwise, I don't know what I would have done. I would have jumped out the window. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's really that one for you? That because out of, uh, all, out of all your teams, the Des Bryant. By the way, that might be something. Well, that I was the that, most recent one. You know what? I got to bring that up to McCarthy later. He's on the other side of it now. Yeah. Yeah. Just out. Just, What's it like to be walking around the building like, yeah, Des, Des did not I didn't catch it. Didn't catch it. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Des caught it. He's the only <laughs> one walking around the building saying that. What are you talking about? I didn't even think about The whole that. building is like, Dez caught it. And McCarthy's probably like, oh, okay. I think McCarthy will come clean now. He'll be like, yeah, he caught it. There's the no ball. coming clean. Come clean he caught what? the ball. There's he, the, he caught, caught the it. ball. He, he caught the ball. He caught it. He made football acts that today would leave that a reception. At the time, the ruling on the field that they came back and saw it, that's the way a catch was being interpreted. That's why I started screaming about it in the same way I screamed about the tuck rule and the same way that I'm talking about this awful rule about fumbling through the end zone, going to the defense. Except that every head coach doesn't agree with me. I hear you, but do you you know how many head coaches didn't agree with me about the catch? Three? Pereira. No, let me tell you. (laughs) More. Take the over. Again. Okay. Go over, TJ. I'm telling you. I'm watching this Dez catch. It is unbelievable. It was unbelievable. No, but Dez, that was Dez, Dez he caught it. Was, yeah, it was the perfect human vehicle for the change yeah, thanks. of the rule. Now, I know you don't want him to be, but Dez, along with, I guess, what, Julio Jones, you would say, A.J. Green, authoring in hey. the era of huge physical... Calvin Johnson. Oh, yeah, Megatron. Remember, he had that. He had that. Calvin Johnson. Yes. Also, these huge, big, physical wide receivers who could create football acts with two steps that you had not seen previous receivers do. If you look at the Des Bryant catch, he, in the span of two set steps and the reach out, gained a first down. Yeah. Plus two steps the and then man. reaching it out is a 10-yard gain, whereas you wouldn't see it, it, it in previous years. It was You didn't see that. So it's like if you can gain 10 yards by taking two steps going to the ground while reaching, you need to change the rule about what a catch is and what's not. And that sparked it. And I'm telling everybody, just to bring it full circle, that just you wait. I know it happened in the divisional round last year that's just not big enough when this somebody fumbles through the end zone in a super bowl and it's coming the whole country is going to say what's that about headed off at the pass 
because more and more physically gifted players are going to be making aggressive acts for the pylon against the coaching that's being taught them. Yeah, I understand what coaches are saying. Well, we're teaching them not to do it. Players are going to do it. It's going to happen in the Super Bowl, and you're going to have a Dez caught it moment. And I know that was a divisional round, too, with all due respect to my friends in Kansas City and Cleveland. When it involves the Packers and the Cowboys, it's a different ball of wax. I didn't even think about asking McCarthy about how he's in that building now. One of the only guys, perhaps, like, yeah, Des, Des yeah, did not yeah, catch it. I don't it. think so. Rich, going back to something you just said, and we'll speak later, Brockman's, that's his thing, like, don't dive. I was surprised we had coaches on who come out and say, they tell their guys, don't, don't dive. Go for Belichick, do you don't ever dive. see a Patriot do it? Don't dive. Because I don't the rule is because the rule is yeah, what the, it is. The rule and the same reason why the, the tuck rule sucked and the catch rule sucked. This rule sucks and hopefully will wind up being like the other two rules eventually changed because there is a lead pipe wielding professional using his platform for good on the subject matter. This guy. Daily. Good as question. I'm the natural (laughs) of this subject and we take a break. Mike Florio. You got to move on. We will to the commercial break. TJ Mike Florio. TJ boy. Segment over. And look, a former St. John. Sorry, Player on the court, too. What a dagger for New York. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Anthony Anderson, he's over there with TJ right now. 
He told a story. We're back live on the air, by the way. Put the photograph up. Yeah, we're back. Put we're the back. photograph up. Anthony, do you got, is he still wearing his mic? Okay, yeah, just real quick, tell the story. Can you tell the story real fast? With that photograph, oh, so we're, we're in Monaco, uh, the International uh, Television Festival. Okay, let's put this. And Prince Albert, yeah, and, and, and Prince Albert is, 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 I'm friendly with Prince Albert. So when you're at, when you're at the castle, when you're at the palace, yeah. you're not allowed to take pictures. And so we're taking pictures and they're like, they come stop me. And I was like, no, Prince Albert said we can take, I can take pictures and they shrink away. And so I go to every black person there. And you saw the group of us, 50 Cent, myself, TJ. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like, hey, guys, we're going to take a black picture at the palace. <laughs> and they were like, what? I said, we're going to take a black picture at the palace. And they're like, OK. And they're like, when? I was like, you'll know when. So 10, five or 10 minutes later, people were in various conversations. I was like, OK, it's time to take the picture. So I just give the call. And people are mid conversations, and it. Oh, I'll be right back. I gotta go take the black picture. <laughs> so we all gather the steps in the back. I, think I, back picture one I, think I was in the middle of getting someone's phone number too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're in the middle, and we just we go in the back, and you know we we take a picture. Jesse Smollett, Fifty Cent, myself, my wife, TJ, TJ Jefferson, TJ, now the Rich Eisen Show. You know. Yeah, from, from from Monaco to El Segundo. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Who knew? Because that was just a thrown-together segment. Like, he was already done with his appearance, yeah. leaving. We were coming back on for just the Audience Network TV segment only in between our radio commercial. And you two were just chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. And I called you guys back in. And, and then he streams from Monaco to El Segundo. From Monaco to El Segundo. And that's all Del Tifo <laughs> plays from there. The greatest, and now greatest our drops. buddy Tom Person at Playbig Play made so that paddle for you. I mean, fantastic. This thing's amazing. It's mean, engraved, and I don't know if we could see. If you want to lean it forward, too, it, it's it. No, I just tilt it because it's kind of. Yeah, I don't know if you'll see it, but he he engraved Anthony Anderson in there as well. Correct? Like, there's an Anthony Anderson engraving in there. Well, it's either Anthony or Barry White. I'm not. Sure. I don't think it's Barry White. So <laughs> I don't think it's Barry White. Wow. And then that's when we all began to learn. That T.J. Jefferson knows everyone on yeah, planet wow. Earth, and we're now we're just part <laughs> of his collection. We're his menagerie. But you guys are my favorites. Oh, I appreciate so, that. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. Just friends with Prince Albert. That's all. Yep. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, along with our Peacock friends and family, and that includes my next guest, who starts us off and ends it every single day. With PFT uh, Live leading into Dan Patrick, who leads into us, and we lead into Brother from Another, which leads into PFTPM, Mike Florio here on The Rich Eyes. And once again, how you doing, Mike? Doing great, Rich. How are you, pal? Better for talking to you. Uh, <laughs> well, I just laugh because it's just crazy. I, I always think sometimes, Mike, when NFL Network began, and you must have heard this too, when PFT was taken off, and like, you know, what are you doing talking football year round? You know, like what, what's what's to talk about year round? Because NFL Network was just coming into being just, I think, after you were starting PFT and pro football talk and all that. And it's just funny that that I heard that all the time. And now it's just it's nonstop. It's king. Year NFL round. Network and PFT share an anniversary two years apart. We were 11-1-0-1 and NFL Network, if I recall correctly, was 11-1-0-3. And I still have people 
who I will see on the limited occasions that I go out and about because of the pandemic, but they'll say, oh, so football season's over. What do you do for eight months? Like, really? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> right. How much time do you have to hear the stories about what we do for eight months? And that, that's the great part about it. Even when everything is shut down from the middle of June till late July, there are things to talk about, things to write about, things to analyze. <laughs> There's crazy. always something, and the interest is, is, is never-ending. If anything, it's only increasing. We had 17 million page views from Thursday to Saturday. <laughs> wow. I believe it, man. Uh, now, now, Aaron Rodgers may have been responsible for 16,500,000, but nevertheless. <laughs> no, no. I, I believe it. I believe it, you know, and and because uh, it just seems that every year there is something, you know, in the hopper, uh, post-draft or free agency, and last year we were talking about Brady at this time and what's going to happen, and at this time, we were in full, full bloom of what's now an absolute mushroom cloud in Green Bay, which is the drafting of, of Jordan Love. Like, this is what we were consuming at this very moment last year. And now, a year later, cut to we're in the middle of what? Literally, like, where do things stand here on the Friday after the draft with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Best you, you know and can tell. Mike well, Lord. everything is calmed down, but the problem is no other story has come along that is sufficiently compelling to knock Aaron Rodgers <laughs> off the top of the stack. So we keep talking about it, and radio and TV shows are seeking out former Packers who have been saying things, and I wonder whether they are deliberately surrogates on behalf of Aaron Rodgers because they've spoken to him and then they speak publicly, and if he doesn't want them to speak publicly, he'll never be speaking to them ever again for as long as both shall live because mm. that's how Aaron Rodgers rolls, and that's fine. I've 11 years and counting into my Aaron Rodgers grudge, and who knows how. I, t- I doubt that it's ever going to end. I think Brett Favre's the only one who's ever gotten off the list, and kudos to him for doing that. But I think what may be happening now is, and this is all speculation, but it's based on everything we've seen, read, that I've heard, reported, others have reported. I think that Rodgers is starting to realize they really mean that they're not going to trade me. So my choices are to play for them or play for no one. If I play for no one this year, I've got to pay them back $11.5 million. If I play for no one the next year, it's another $11.5 million. I've got a $6.8 million roster bonus I already earned this year. That goes back to, and I don't get to play football in one of the few remaining years that I have. How do I put this toothpaste back in the tube and show up. And that's why I think it's interesting to look carefully at comments from John Kuhn to CBS Sports Radio, comments from James Jones to NFL Network. They're talking about this is fixable. They're talking about Rogers not holding out, that that there is a way to reconcile. And even if even if the Packers ultimately do nothing other than some hollow gesture, and maybe they will, just something so Aaron Rodgers can hold something up in the air and say, I won, I think they're laying the foundation for him to come back. Well, you know, and I I heard what James Jones had to say uh, to my colleagues on NFL Network yesterday saying that it's fixable and that, you know, they just wants to have the championship players there so they can win. It's just, you know, I I, I don't know what that means. They they re-sign Aaron Jones, you know. I mean, it's not like they've done everything, like the Bucs catering to – to um, to Brady, but that's just not the way they do business. And 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 in terms of the way that Green Bay does business, it is the drafting of somebody like Jordan Love last year that any contract to fix it would have to, you know, shove 
Jordan loves uh, just the contract you give Rodgers would create the situation in which Love won't get on the field and won't get the reps that the Packers may require him to get in order for them to evaluate him properly, if not miss the entire window of what you know, Mike, better than most, is what a team wants to do with that first contract window, win a championship in that. It seems like what happens now in this summer, that ship may sail on Jordan Love's first window if Rodgers gets the contract terms to make him satisfied. Is that a, is that a proper reading of, of the conundrum here? Absolutely. Rich, that was the case back in January when Aaron Rodgers shows up at the press conference after the season-ending loss to the Buccaneers, and he stuns everyone by suggesting that even his future with the team is in doubt. And then after 48 hours of everyone going crazy with that. He goes on Pat McAfee's show and like, what's the big deal? I don't mean anything by that. I'm not going anywhere. It's, you know, with, you know all the stuff that he said at the time to, to take the steam out of it. But we had reported in the interim he wants a new contract, specifically a contract that binds the Packers to him. He's bound to the Packers. The Packers are at the stage of his contract where they are not bound to him. It's a year-to-year existence. So they can see how he played in 2020. Hey, he was the MVP. We're not getting rid of him. If he had stunk, bye-bye Aaron. He's got that same thing hanging over him this year and next year. He wants a contract and has wanted a contract that makes it a two- or a three-year commitment, which ultimately would nullify the usefulness of Jordan Love and quite possibly would, would result in the Packers doing with love what the Patriots eventually did with Jimmy Garoppolo, the second-round pick in 2014 that pissed off Tom Brady and vaulted him to this second act of his career that is still going strong. But it was that arrival of Garoppolo that, that really got Brady back in gear. And you can say the arrival of Jordan Love got Aaron Rodgers back to form and better form than ever before when there were some signs of slippage in 2019. So that's what he wants. And I don't know that he's going to get it. I, you know, Bob McGinn reported they've offered to make him the highest-paid quarterback in football. I don't care about the numbers. I care about are they tied to him for two or three years because that's what he's looking for, an inability by the Packers as a practical matter to trade him after 2021. That's what he wants, and, and if they were going to give it to him, I I assume they would have done it at some point in the last three months before this all exploded. Yeah, so why wouldn't Denver or why wouldn't somebody take a YOLO shot at calling Green Bay up and saying, what about Jordan Love? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, why wouldn't somebody do something like that where you can, you know, help Green Bay get, get off the hook here, which Green Bay might be interested in doing, and getting some incredibly valuable draft capital back. You could turn a one from 2020 into more. Um, and then a team can utilize the remaining years of Jordan Love's first contract to evaluate him on the spot, throw him in, get him going. You know, like to me, I I, I would take that shot too. Like call up Gutekunst, take your shot at Rodgers, be shot down and say, what about Love? Would he really shoot that down? If what, would they are talk- up? what would you give up for Jordan Love though? What would I, don't you know. offer? I don't know. Like you, you could use uh, Darnold as the floor. I don't know. You know, well, like, and, but, and, and, and I ask that because the Patriots, gave up a two to get Garoppolo and got a two back because we got to see Garoppolo play, even though it was only two games and he got injured in the second of four games during the Tom Brady deflate gate suspension. And that should have been the sign 
that maybe there is a durability issue with Jimmy Garoppolo, but it was enough to check the box, pass fail. Does he pass the eyeball test? We haven't seen Jordan Love on a football field. He didn't even have a preseason last year. We don't know. You know. One of the things I like about the preseason, I don't like most things about it, I like the ability to see if the young players pass the eyeball test. Do they belong, or are they Gio Carmazzi, and we're going to mm-hmm. see him in one preseason game, and they just disappear like Steve Mariucci explained, the third-round pick one of the Brady Six did after facing Brady's Patriots in the Hall of Fame game in 2000. I want to see what this guy does. Does he belong? We haven't seen that with Jordan Love. So you're not giving up a first-round pick for Jordan Love. And then the question becomes, well, what would the Packers want? And when do you strike? When do you do that deal? You've probably got more leverage to get something of value from Love before you do a contract with Aaron Rodgers that ties you to Rodgers and Rodgers to you for two or three years, because that's the point where Jordan Love really does become moot. Well, I mean, if you do this hand-in-hand, hand, and I, I guess we're gaming this out, Mike Florio, why not? Um, you're doing this hand because uh, I'm just trying to figure out this Rubik's Cube, how you solve it, because, you know, um, and, and that's going to lead to another question I have about the end of Rodgers' contract and, and, and how that would actually play out if somehow, some way that that gets forced but um, why not? Why not do this hand in hand? The contract that might have made him the most, uh, uh, you know, um, richest player at the position, you know, and you give him the couple of years because he's just done what he's doing. I understand he turns thirty-eight, but I, I'm I'm not worried about that. Um, and I I get something for love, and um, and then you you figure out the fact that maybe he's not Garoppolo in this equation because if I'm not mistaken that was done in the middle of the season and we still don't know the circumstances on how the hell that came about so damn quickly you know I mean you're doing it in the off season you got time to work on it as opposed to what the hell did happen with Garoppolo which we still don't know I guess. But I like that what idea you you'd be landing two planes simultaneously and as you sign Rogers to a deal that makes Jordan Love's presence moot, you're trading Jordan Love to another team for the best deal that you can get. Right. Now, there aren't a whole lot of seats out there right now. You mentioned Denver. And it's one thing for Denver to upset their depth chart of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater for Aaron Rodgers. It's another thing to upset your depth chart of those two for mm-hmm. a completely unproven guy. But, hey, you, you, you pull out Drew Locke and you plug in Jordan Love. And maybe part of the compensation for Jordan Love is Drew Locke, and he becomes the backup to Aaron Rodgers for the next couple of years. I mean, that's one possibility. Here's the, here's the thing, though, that, that I look at, Rich. They saw enough in Jordan Love last year to not wait for him to fall to them, to package their first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. Two different selections that could have been lottery tickets that they acquired, scratch off, and maybe become guys who help them beat the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship, help them beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and instead they used those two picks for a guy who did nothing last year. I almost feel like they're more determined because of how impactful the fact that they didn't have anyone with those two picks that helped them last year. It raises the stakes to show that they got it right with Jordan Love. And I feel like they're, you know, they're trying to balance this, okay, we want Aaron Rodgers as long as he's an MVP, level player, but we also want to be able to show that we got it right with Jordan Love. And, and there's, there's stubbornness on both sides. The Packers are stubborn. Rodgers is stubborn. And it could be that the Packers are still holding out hope that there's a way to do this where 
we have Rodgers for as long as we want him, and then we flip to Jordan Love mm. when we sense yeah. the right time has come to do that. Well, that ship has sailed too, though, Mike Florio. I mean, there's no way Rodgers is going to be – like last year was their freebie on that. Not, not anymore, you know, and, and he's going to force the situation. And I know that you're saying that the way it's played out, maybe that's just to go full circle in our conversation – that the first week has caused him to maybe take stock because you're hearing from people who we're assuming are actually speaking on his behalf that this thing is fixable, that he's realized that the Packers are, are resolute here. Is there any, however, you've been around this so long, as we also established to start this thing, that has there been, just knowing Rodgers as you do, you said it's been 11 years since something happened between the two of you, um, that what have you ever seen a bigger misread of a general manager of the most important player on his team to draft somebody else and not tell Aaron Rodgers and let him learn through the draft. I mean, is there any sense from management of the Packers to tell yeah, yeah. Gutekunst, like, what the hell was that about? I mean, well, a year later. From one Seinfeld aficionado to another, yes. I compared this to Kramer getting the short straw to go tell Raquel Welch that she needed to move her arms when she danced. <laughs> no one wanted to do it. They may have, they may have realized... We better let Aaron know. Oh, well, I'm not calling him. You calling him? I'm not calling him. And there was no Kramer available that they could say, you go call him and tell him. But they did. They blew it. They blew it. And, you know, do they want to admit it? I don't know. I, 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 maybe they don't need to admit it. Maybe we realized what happened with Aaron Rodgers. And I think what they're banking on, Rich, is Rodgers' intense desire to not be hated by Packers fans. And I think that's why they're taking a hard line, and that's why they're confident he's going to find a way to save face and show up. And that's why I interpret what Kuhn and Jones have said as laying the path for that eventuality. Because if he doesn't show up, he automatically becomes Brett Favre when they hated Brett Favre. And they're already starting to waver a little bit on Aaron Rodgers based on what's happened the last eight days. And, and I think the Packers read of Rodgers, and they know him better than anyone after 16 years. He does not want the fans to hate him. He is very sensitive. Remember they did a 60 Minutes profile of him, and it came out in the profile that he's extremely sensitive. And he complained about it after the fact. And 60 Minutes issued a statement saying, see, we're right. He is sensitive. He's so sensitive. He's sensitive about being called sensitive. He doesn't want the fans to hate him, and I think the Packers are going to use that against him. Yeah, I guess so, but Favre is, you know, back in the fold, you know, Mr. Cheesehead himself, you know, showing up at Green Bay events and stuff. So, and Aaron saw how bad it got firsthand. So, but, let me, but Favre still had to live through it. That's true. Favre had to live through how bad it got. Let and, me ask, and Rodgers doesn't want to live through that, I don't think. Let me ask you this question then. So, what, let's just say... Uh, and as we wrap this up, I, can, we could talk, I could literally talk the subject for an hour. It's so fascinating. Let's just say that Rodgers does uh, come back somehow, okay? Let's just say he is the f- first week quarterback uh, of the Packers that he tried to hold out, didn't work out, and he's just like, screw it. I'm going to come back, and I'll show them and let them go to Jordan Love next year and move me, move me as an MVP. What does happen now that his guaranteed dollars is run, down, run out? Does he still have like a no-trade clause? They can't. They're not just going to cut Aaron Rodgers. Like he's not going to be released. That's not going to happen. So well, wouldn't and, he? Wouldn't he still be able to control where he goes then? Also, yeah, the no trade clause for quarterbacks is grossly overrated. Carson Wentz had a de facto no trade clause. The Bears were interested. He wasn't interested in them. The Bears aren't going to trade for a potential starting quarterback who doesn't want to be there. So when the time comes to trade Aaron Rodgers, if they decide after this season. That, okay, we're ready to move on, you're ready to move on, 
and we're going to do this. They'll work with him to find the right spot. Now, they're not going to trade him to another NFC team. Remember what they did when they traded Favre to your Jets. Mm. They didn't want to put him in the NFC. They definitely didn't want to put him in the NFC North. So they'll try to get him to an AFC team, and the Broncos continue to be the team to watch. I think the Raiders are in that mix as well. But I think that's how the Packers wanted to at least hold on to the ability to work it out that way. Let's see what he does in 21. And if we see any slippage, then we go to Jordan Love in 22. If he's still at an MVP level, we give it one more year, and then we go to Jordan Love in 23. And I think, I think Jordan Love in 2023, after sitting on the bench three years just like Rodgers did, that was the latest possible date they were going to make this switch. And Rodgers trying to throw a wrench into that and accelerate it now. And I just, I, I, I just don't think the Packers are going to give in. So the question becomes, is Rodgers going to show up and give it one more year? And uh, from the start of the week to the end of the week, I've gotten to the point where I think that they're going to find a way to work it out, and he's going to be there one more year. Mike, appreciate the time. Um, what are we going to talk about in May, indeed? Yeah. <laughs> right. And June. And June, right. And July. Cause, cause, think about it with the Packers. Let me just say this one thing. I know sure. you got to go. No, you go. Okay, for, we go got ahead. the OTAs. Does he show up or not for those? That's, that's a, a news-generating point, and that's later this month. Then we got June, mandatory minicamp. Is he going to stiff them on the mandatory minicamp? And right. then in the middle of July, when everything else is done, Packers fans gather at Lambeau Field for the shareholders meeting. And if it isn't resolved then, that becomes a news event as well. So this, this is going to linger potentially up until the start of training camp and beyond. And then, and then uh, Rogers strolls in like Jimmy Chitwood. And he says, uh, <laughs> I'll play, but only if uh, GM goes, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right there in the Midwest. What do you think? I for that, for that say, What's the big deal? What's everybody, what, why is everybody all bent out of shape? It's all fake news. Uh, great Seinfeld reference, Mike, and great, uh, great chat. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Rich. Uh, that's Mike Florio. Check out PFTPM later right here on NBC Sports on Peacock. I was talking about that with my buddy Murph, who wants to call into the show uh, during poker last night on the Zoom. He wants to call in because, you know, he's a big Packer fan. I told him he's not allowed to call in because he cursed the last time he came in. He absolutely cursed multiple times. So so, uh, I told him to call in. um, But, you know, we were talking about it last night. Name me another total, complete misread or lack of handling of your most important player. They didn't tell him we might do it and didn't call him after they did it. That has still been, that's well established, right? That that happened. For this guy? You're going to do that to this guy? After all that he's been through and saw firsthand about Favre and what he does in his own life about how he handles people who he feels aren't pulling in his direction. You're going to do that to this guy? It is one of, in my 18 years of covering the NFL. One of the worst misreads and handling and so of a player by a front office. And so now you're wondering, are you surprised? This is the way it's going to go? It's a year later. A year later. Now let's take a break. When we come back, we'll set the table for Josh Dumel and Mike McCarthy. I've got some great photographs to show from Josh Dumel here in Los Angeles at uh, the Dodger Stadium. It'll be great. 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So I have here, word for word, verbatim, three of the great uh, sports rants of all time. Um, and we would love for you to do your best Victor Newman. Is that okay? No, the, Let's the do first it. one is Herm Edwards. Yes, Herm Edwards. The first one up, Herm Edwards on October 30th, 2002, after a week eight loss to the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Here is play to win the game as told by Victor Newman. This is great about sports. This is what's the greatest thing about sports is you play to win. Hello? You play to win the damn game, right? You don't play just to play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go to play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, get your ass out of here, then retire. Cause it matters. Well done, that's number one. Next up. In October 16th, 2006, after the Cardinals blew a 20-point lead against the Bears on Monday Night Football. Oh, man. Dennis Green, they are who we thought they oh. were, as as portrayed by Victor Newman. The Bears are who we thought they were, you know? That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the damn hook. Very good. Very well done. All right, last one for you. I can feel it. (laughs) I can feel it. I'm glad that we got it rolling, because here's the last one. I can feel it. On May 7th, 2002, the famed practice press conference of one Allen Iverson, as recounted by the man who plays Victor Newman, Eric Braden. Hit it, Mike Dolce. The great Allen Iverson, my God, man. Go for it. I mean, listen, man. You're talking about practice, Okay. Not a game. It's not a game. Not a game, all right? You're talking about practice. Not a game. Not the game that I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. You're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? 
I know it's important. Yeah, I do, I do, I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. We're talking about practice, man. Eric, I think that's your finest work, if you don't mind me saying. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I love all of us clapping for him. <laughs> I mean, it's like... Hey, Rich Studio. Well done, Eric Brady. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Uh, let's take some phone calls. Our friend Ben in Mississippi is uh, is on the phone line. Yay. What's up, Ben? How you been? Richie, Rich and crew. What's up, Ben? Well, so I have a traumatic sports story for you. Okay. Memory. So before I was a Giants fan, before they went into Pittsburgh the next season, they beat Pittsburgh, Super Bowl 42, the infamous 18-0. I'm in sixth grade, and I want to see the Patriots go undefeated. So, of course, we know the Giants, they win and everything like that. My mother's boyfriend is in stitches laughing at me because I am physically and visibly just destroyed because of the loss. The loss carries over to the next day in school. I don't even make it through first period. I throw up because of this loss. And whatever it is that I ate, I was that torn up because the Patriots did not finish the quest. And because I had already at that point in sixth grade was tired of the 72 Dolphins and they're clicking their champagne glasses and opening the champagne, I throw up the next day, sixth grade, because they lost. Mm-mm. Ben, I appreciate yeah. you sharing with us, and I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that uh, you had other championships for the uh, the Patriots. And thing that kind of freaks me out is um, he's in the sixth grade. In 2000. Oh, my so gosh. I am so old. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was one of our biggest moments, one of our big first moments on NFL yeah. Network. When uh, when Giants Patriots was the culmination of our Thursday Crazy. night football schedule, and uh, in the old Giants Stadium, and that's when the Giants played the the Patriots. Neither had a reason to play. They were both set in. They were both set in their playoff seedings, and uh, the Giants gave them all they could handle. And the Patriots finished the regular season undefeated. And then they saw each no nobody. No. You could have. You could have. You could have twisted all our arms and said, you know, what do you think deep down the most wild Super Bowl scenario could be as a rematch from the regular season? None of us would have said the game we just saw. Nobody. Nobody would have. And I just also remember we were all so pissed. We thought we were going to have a, a, an exclusive on NFL Network. The whole country was going to watch us. And all the senators from New England were sending letters to the NFL threatening some sort of action if the nfl didn't show the game to everybody and it's just like well why don't you tell time warner cable to actually put us on the air yeah, yeah. like john Kerry. oh and my gosh crazy. And, and it turned out to be like the state of the union we we're on 15 channels it was crazy it was... i watched never that at forget a sports it. bar in washington dc never forget oh. it so uh josh jumel's coming on the show he's a diehard uh, vikings fan but other sports stuff that i think we want to talk to with him about um you know he plays in uh, clayton kershaw's ping pong tournament <laughs> that's right all the time there he is look at him with clayton kershaw look at that sort of wow by the way what's clayton wearing it's like something out of the kadeem hardison uh I, I collection feel, i feel from like his, that uh, event has a theme to it each year i think where people dress sitcom up days where people uh, that, that might have been, been a 90s right there might have been a 90s okay or something. 
So you know, also if we were looking at the at the uh, at the ping pong tournament, put up who else was at the uh, ping pong tournament uh, throughout the years. Oh boy, Don, if you don't mind, what what do you? Oh boy, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I don't understand. What's the oh boy? It's Ashton and and Mila, your friends. You you've established it many many times. Well, you've helped establish. No, no, no. You established earlier that you were at Ashton's house holding a baby. Whose baby do you think it was? Well, because I said it was his baby. All right, exactly. It's well, it's really hers. I mean, she's the one who made the child. Well, I mean, they had, okay. both had something. To okay, do. very good. So we just noticed you were not there in any of these photographs. Were you there? I was not. There. I don't Actually, go everywhere. Oh, wait a minute. We've been told. Hold on a minute. We have a photograph of here TJ. We, ah, here we go. Put, put up, we Dom. Go. We've got a photograph of That's TJ easy. Jefferson from the actual <laughs> event right there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Over TJ's ping pong invite. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> This can never stop. This here's, here's why he was not invited. He didn't have a ping pong table yet. Now he does. Because he bid successfully to get out of contestants row. Because you saw the, the ping pong table the day before, right? Beginning of the journey. I, I saw uh, during my research, I'd seen an episode where there was a ping pong table. Yes. <laughs> the beginning of the journey. The ping oh. Now, now. You're going to get the invite, right, from Ashton and Mila inviting you. No, to I'm going to get the invite from Kershaw. Okay, very good. Oh. Of course, because I'm yeah. sure he's. I'm going to circumvent that. A lot system. of the baseball players do watch uh, uh, the Rich Eisen show. No, right? no, 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 absolutely. No, right. They watch game shows and, yeah, and so daytime yeah, TV. Daytime yeah. TV is yeah. huge for baseball players. They're sitting in their hotel room, certainly in their quarantine or clubhouse. Can't go out. They watch it. They probably watched That's how it started. <laughs> now, all right, Don, give it to us. Give it to us. Give it to us. He's getting it up there. And how it's going. How it went. By the way, there's not a person in this room who would have won that showcase showdown. Okay. None of his. Well, we know one who didn't. That's fine. At least I got up there and had the chance. You know what I mean? Like Jay-Z once said, they'll, everyone will tell you how to do it. They never did it. You know, so you could sit here. And I know, it's trash. like that line from uh, from a league of their own, Tom Hanks. If everybody, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. yeah. So... It's hard. Baseball's hard. Well, maybe next year we'll try to get on and show you how it's done. It, it, it's hard to guess uh, prizes of, a, of motorcycles that you've never even looked at. I, know, I, mean, I am, again, I'm with him. No. I own three motorcycles. You were dead on when he said, I said like 15 grand each. Here's our journey. I still wouldn't have been Here's our journey with this. Our journey has been genuine excitement upon <laughs> learning that you had an opportunity. Yes. Genuine excitement upon learning you were getting that opportunity. Sure. Pins and needles for weeks I mean, that you had gotten the opportunity and you were hiding the results, keeping it because you were a good contestant and you were told you couldn't tell anybody. Yeah, they said don't say anything. Then we had, as everybody saw live on the Rich Eisen show, as we had a 20-minute window with no guests, just as TJ was getting out of contestants row, our sheer excitement, our joy. We are now, however, like going through, We went then we went through the remorse yep. of his performance and now we're in the no full be clowning <laughs> portion of tj's prices right <laughs> <laughs> yep this segment is over by the way imagine had i told you Mike guys McCarthy, what happened josh jumel coming up hour three should i bring it up with mike mccarthy his coach of his team yeah mike will tell you I don't know if Mike. I don't know what Mike will tell many, you. I'm just. No, Mike will tell you. Mike will tell you that looking at the tape, you take the middle key of Master Key. <laughs> now hold on a second. You said somebody 
has done the, like knows the metrics, right? Did yeah, you say somebody this? on Inst- on YouTube? I I had it, and I'm not sure what happened to it, but it was a YouTube clip, and somebody, you yes. know, of course, you have everyone on it on social media knows everything. Like they would have not overbid, and they knew the price. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody was like, "How could you overbid on those?" Uh, no, he goes Mastercard. He goes Master Key. That, Master Key is a uh, something about the game, and someone actually broke down. They were like, "Master, that game has been played." 353 times, which makes it in the bottom third of all games, games. It's a ever game. played on The Price is Right. So I feel as though I got done dirty, you know, by giving me, you know, true, a game true, that I'd never seen true. before. So there's that. That's tough. Exactly. You're in a tough spot. Excuse me. You're in a tough spot. You, you think you might have been done dirty. I think they did. But again, dirty. you can do the odds. A 20% chance of you getting nothing. A 20% chance of you getting a car. Mm-hmm. A 20% chance of you getting a coffee maker. <laughs> A twenty percent chance of you getting the uh, the bass, no, the, uh, the, the 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 electric bike, bike, electric oh, yeah. bike. and a sixty and a sixty percent chance, a twenty percent. Hold on a second. You're doing a too six, much math no, right no, now, it's man. It's a twenty percent chance of getting nothing. Twenty percent and a sixty percent chance of getting one of them, right? One of them. And then twenty percent chance of everything, of everything. And a twenty percent chance of getting every all three. Yeah. And you you, you got a, the, you had a one in five shot at nothing, and that's what you got. That's what you got. And you, you got bad luck. I, again, I don't look at this as bad luck. The steps that I had to take to go through just to even make it onto the show it was amazing. Exactly. Yeah, it was amazing. Luck is the residue of design, and unfortunately yeah. his design was to entertain, not to win. Once he got it on the stage, he just got, <laughs> but he he got did caught. But you did entertain. And then, yeah. you got lucky you did to entertain. Get to, and then you got lucky to get to the showcase showdown, too. Think about all you, that. You so spun 35 I mean, cents and then 50 cents and on top. In all honesty, people can cent. try to clown, but like... I, we're, not, we're not no, seriously no, no. the second spin he got 50 cent who he was with uh in uh in monaco i'm good right? man I, i'm, I'm, I'm straight bro. from monaco to burbank <laughs> <laughs> is that where they shoot they shoot no, in burbank i yeah, know uh, we're like, shooting hollywood hollywood oh yeah. right on fairfax yeah. all right TJ's here we go looking up the head coach of your dallas cowboys coming up next <laughs>